0: You know what time it is. Dream, plan, execute, episode 14. This is your opportunity to learn from other individuals working on their entrepreneurial and project management dreams and how they implement their dream, plan, and execute. In this podcast, we'll explore the metaphysics of dreaming and how to follow and listen to your intuition. We'll explore strategies from project management such as planning, writing down goals, scheduling and budgeting. Then we'll move to execution. We'll explore topics such as operational efficiency, mental toughness, grit and using an athletic mindset. I'm your host, Ramon Parchment. Stay tuned and enjoy the episode. Mohi Ivo, how are you doing today?
1: We're doing great. Uh, Thanks for having us on your podcast. We're really excited to be here. Absolutely. Hi, Hi, Eva. How are you doing?
2: We're good. We are so excited and we feel very honored to be on your podcast today.
0: Absolutely. Listen, guys, um, one of the biggest reasons why I have you on the podcast, Dream Plan Execute, is because I see what you guys are doing. And it's just phenomenal to have a couple that dream, plan, execute together, not just in their work life, but also in their personal life with starting their entrepreneurship goals. I see you guys like a power couple. And it's just, I think I believe it's a light that people need to see and admire and bring to their own self, right? And I just want to bring it back to um, the, the, the basic, the original portion of our relationship, right? Meeting Mohit at Polytechnic and how we went to become a a force of nature being and working together at Tishman Construction. But Mohit and Eva, before we get into that, I want you guys to give the world an opportunity to meet who
1: Mohit and Eva is.
2: Sure, absolutely. Head.
1: Yeah, hey, well, uh, oh, thanks for that introduction, and um. Honored to be your friend here, I would like to start by saying that, and um if I do say so myself, you know, other than my wife, you are one of those other peoples in my life that has left a significant impact on who I am as an individual, so I appreciate that, and you know I am very honored to call you a dear friend of mine, so With that said, everyone, my name is Mohit. Um, I'm 30 years old. I'm an electrical cost engineer for one of the top construction firms uh, here in New York City and pretty much in the United States at the moment, same place where Ramon operates and works at. Um, um, I'm also the co-founder of Halal Wine Cellar, which is a 0.0% non-alcoholic wine and spirits company. Um, As Ramon mentioned, um, I've had the pleasure of meeting him uh, in college. Uh, We ended up working at the same company. Uh, Our first day was we both shared the same first day together. We walked in, we saw each other, and we were really surprised and happy that that was the case. And, um, yeah, we've been at that company for a long time, and we've learned a lot uh, through through there. And uh, we've gotten close to one another um, working at Tishman. Oh, actually, I don't know if you should be mentioning which company. Uh, it,
0: it, it's fine. I don't think they have any. I've I've mentioned the name multiple times. So. Okay, okay. <laughs>
1: at at Tishman. So, um, and yeah, I'm here in Queens, New York. I'm a first generation uh, Bengali American.
2: Hi everyone. My name is Jukia, or otherwise known as Eva. I am also 30 years old, and I am a Bengali American. I am the daughter of a first-generation first, of first generation immigrants as well. I am a former MRI technologist, and I'm currently now the founder of Halal Wine Cellar. Mo and I have been together for 10 years, so not only are we life partners, but we have the privilege of being business partners as well. And I also had the pleasure of meeting Ramon through Mo, and As Mo said, you are a wonderful friend to us, and you are very inspirational. Whenever I hear both of you talk and motivate one another, I get the dopamine (laughs) release of feeling motivated. (laughs) So that is really appreciated in our lives, uh, being how stressful life can get. So thank you for being such a wonderful friend and supporter of us.
0: Absolutely. I mean, ultimately, it's just... Just you know, the story that Moheeb and I have is just one that is just uncanny. You know, it's just, we went to school together. We um, took the same class, and uh, we we had a, a a separation. I went and did civil engineering. You went and did construction management for a while. And um, to start the same company on the same day, I'm looking at him. He's looking at me. I'm like, wait a second! Didn't you go to Poly? And, <laughs> And um, it just, it, from there, just working together, being in the same rotational program, right? Um, did estimating, scheduling, purchasing. Um, eventually, I had, I went on a project site, but we still stayed connected as friends. Um, yeah. And then ultimately, even when I was getting married, the, the relationship has been mutual. I learned tons of things from Mohit, right? When I had to think about picking a, a ring for my wife, Uh, The first person I thought about going to was Mohit, and he gave an excellent advice, and she loves it, right? (laughs) (laughs) And and when I had to sit down and think about who I wanted to represent me as a best man, um, and, you know, you sit down with these checklists that they show you on Google, right? And you're like, okay, who's the person if something happens you want to talk to? And I'm going down the checklist, and all of it is just checking off Mohit. And he's like, it's it's a no-brainer. Mohit is going to be best man at the wedding <laughs> as such you know you became the best man and we also started our previous business together young you know ambitious but you know lacking capital and it didn't ruin our relationship as a friend right
1: it brought us and together i feel it brought
0: us together even closer yeah. and that is when you realize that you have a connection with a person it's not when everything is going great mm-hmm. right it's the moments when things are not going great and how you guys represent each other and your character to move past those moments and develop an even stronger bond, right? And so to the first point, uh, talking about dream, the 10 year, 15 year plan, what do you consider you know, what you would like to bring to the world, the light that you want to bring to the world, the dream that you guys are following?
2: Yeah, so right now with Halal Wine Cellar, it's essentially our child at the moment. So everything that we dream of for the future uh, revolves around this child. Right. So, looking ahead to like the next 10 to 15 years, our biggest aim is really to become a key player in this non alcoholic beverage industry. And it's rapidly growing right now. Um, after COVID-19 with the health crisis, people are just becoming a lot more aware of what they're putting inside of their bodies. And the narrative around alcohol is currently changing because people are realizing how it affects you mentally and physically. So right now, we have just touched the tip of the iceberg. And within the next 10 to 15 years, we plan on making a lot of impact and being in the forefront of serving some of the best non-alcoholic alternatives out there.
1: Yeah. You know, like that's all we think about now, whether we want to or not. Right. It's just our business topic just keeps coming up wherever we go, whatever we see before you go to sleep, as soon as you wake up. And at a lot of times, you know, I mean, I guess that's what people mean when they're talking about that, right? Like that is that one goal, that focus, it becomes your reality. And anything Mm -hmm. that doesn't push you kind of towards that, you know, it gives you a goal, right? A focus point to base your life's decisions around. And at the moment, that's what's, I guess, really important to us is just trying to get this business uh, really up and running and getting it to a point where, you know, it helps us achieve our long-term goals, which we'll, we'll get into just now. Right. And, <clears throat> and, you know, it is both very exciting and stressful at the same time, to be honest, right? but it does allow you to discover yourself, question what's important to you. Um, it pushes you. Do you really want this? Is this really your dream? Right. Why? Right. right? It makes you keep asking your why. Right. And is that why strong enough to hold you to carry you through to chasing that dream you know and the thing is like as we grow as people um you know these things change circumstances around life changes right like uh, life throws a ton of things at you right and and being able to focus on your goal really does get tested right and and you know, this is just something we're learning, right? You hear about focus and discipline, but putting it into action is a whole nother beast, right? You need to change as an individual, grow as an individual to really continue to chase that goal, you know? And so these are some of the conversations that, you know, we're starting to have and are having and um, experiencing through life. And, um, you know, it makes us really figure out what is really important to us. And then, you know, we were able to kind of sit there and figure out what is important to us, right? And 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 so, you know, as Eva was saying, you know, she mentioned alcohol in our business, right? non-alcohol. We, we are distributors of non-alcoholic wines, right? And this is all we think about, right? So, you know, in this industry, um, luckily, uh, there is... Tremendous growth that's happening and we can see us being focused in this for at least the next 10 years or so. Right. Right. And and we're really passionate. Right. About being at the forefront of this movement that's happening where people are straying away from alcohol.
3: Right. Because it
1: aligns with our values and our beliefs, right? And our religion and and the type of life we want to live, right? And so we really do believe that we're bringing something great to the marketplace that aligns with who we are as individuals, right? And so, I mean, I guess, Eva, you want to talk about some of our personal... So that's in our business side, right? Focusing right. on halal wine cellar and bringing non-alcoholic, Beverages to the marketplace here in America and making it accessible to everybody, right That's the business side next ten years or so. That's what we want to do as individuals. so as right. we do that, there are a lot of personal things we would also like to maintain and some of our foundational values and some of our beliefs and who we are as individuals while we're building our business.
2: Yes, Mohit was saying with this whole journey of this business, there's a lot of things in your life that you start putting into check and you start contemplating what's important and what's not. Right. And along with the stresses, you know, you know, there aren't a lot of things that can actually truly bring you peace and happiness. You realize this as an adult as you go through difficult situations in your life. So right now, through that experience, our main focus is pretty much happiness and balance. And mm-hmm. what does happiness and balance mean to us? That means things like personal growth. It means spiritual development. It means family growth, sticking close to our parents, growing our family and financial stability. Because, of course, money is what makes the world go around. And without right. it, we can't do anything. Right. But, you know, we learned that life is filled with a lot of surprises and constant change so if we don't have a strong foundation if we don't have a strong mindset if we don't have a strong family to fall back on we you can't go on with life confidently you're going to struggle you're going to you're just going to fail in things if those things aren't right for you and the first I thing love that
0: you said that i love that you you said family because I'm going through that right now where I'm in Minnesota, right? I can't necessarily go and see homes that I'm trying to purchase. And just having my dad being able to um, go and see the home and he's like, giving him, he's basically my buyer's agent right now. Right. (laughs) You know, he's calling me. He's like, okay, this is the home. This is what it looks like. This is what I think you should offer. I think it's a good neighborhood. I mean, I know I can be like a, a pusher and I can execute, but I saw a part of my dad didn't even see. Yesterday he calls me with an uh, um, opportunity, right? I said, okay, let me call Abigail. Let's see if she's available. By the time he calls me back in the, oh, he's like, yeah, I have um this by the seller's agent. I'm going to go see the home and I'm going to let you know how much work is inside the home to do. And having that foundation of a strong family I mean, my God, it helps tremendously. And if you don't have it, it's just you want to build that for yourself and your future generations because yeah. it it really is like um, you don't know how good. It, I I I'm, I know I am blessed to have a strong family unit, yeah. and I feel it for the persons who don't. I really yeah. do because um, you the life comes at you with so many different angles, you know. So. Having someone who's gone through it kind of give you that hey, this is how you know we went about doing it, and you can do it you know you, you have the fortitude and the mental capacity to take on this issue. It kind of puts you at ease, it kind of helps with the um the anxiety of um going after a really big home or a big big investment
3: yeah
1: so
0: it's that I like to see that you mentioned
1: family. Um, Yeah. And as as you're sharing that, right, it's giving me chills, right? Because, you know, it's your father, right? That's helping you do this. He's not motivated by anything else other than making sure Mm -hmm. that you are safe, protected, and everything is in your best interest. It's not, he's not in it to make a dollar or a buck or anything off of you. He's not a real estate agent, right? He's doing it out of the genuineness and the kindness of his heart to help his son. You know, right. and and like you said, right? Like it's something that we we all truly need to be and are grateful for, and should continue to be grateful for forever, mm-hmm. right? Because there are many out there that don't have this luxury of life, right? Like of having parents and family that they can depend upon. And so if you are blessed with it, if we're all lucky enough to be blessed with it, those ones that are, right, it's something that needs to be cherished all the way through, right? Because Mm -hmm. it is a value, right? It is a value that you get to pass down to your kids even, right? And they will see you the same way. And
2: it's also an unspoken wealth. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I also
1: want to...
2: And I also want to even for people that don't have great family relationships, even if they have a strong friendship, like a strong friend uh, support system, that's essentially your family. And what everybody really needs is just a strong support system at the end of the day that will come and ride out, just like you were saying about the best man, like who checks out to be there when something goes wrong, or if you need like a pep talk or who you can depend on. and. That's just all humans need. Like we're all we're creatures that crave connection. Mm -hmm. And whether it's a group of family, your parents, or your friendship, if you just have that reliable source, you can go through life just a little bit more happily and confidently, knowing that you have somebody behind you. Despite our yeah. One hundred percent.
0: And the one thing I wanted to highlight is that that's what. That's a lot of times when people go to therapy, they just want someone to just sit down and listen to them speak about yeah. their problem. They probably already have kind of a solution of what they want, but it just helps when you have someone to talk to, you, talk to who can just listen actively, and it kind of helps you order your thoughts out and it's kind of like straightening out your mental room if you want to think about it that way, right? And you yeah. know, there's some something chaotic going on that you can't really put your hand on, but just by being able to verbalize it to somebody yeah. and they're not cutting you off or just giving you advice, but just listening, actively listening to you and saying, okay, well, what do you think about this? And you go, oh, well, I never thought about that. But now that you said it, that's probably the best course of action, right?
3: Yeah.
0: And um, someone like you said, Mohid, someone who has your best interests at heart, if, if they mean well for you is when to ride for you in a way that someone else you just pay. Right. And there's two types of capital. There's monetary capital that you pay someone to do something for you, but there's also social cap- capital and that's what you have in your family unit. Right. Or good friendship.
3: Yeah. It's yeah. like
0: they're, they're willing to do something for you just on the merit of making sure that you're okay. You know? And as it pertains to Halal Wine Settler, I love that you guys found a niche market that's growing. And I, I'm doing, you know, everyone has, uh, I would say, when you think about wine, they think of alcohol. When you think about alcohol, you think about just the bad premise of it. But this is such a niche market because you don't have the alcohol in there, but you do have the health benefits of fermented fruit, right? Mm-hmm. And... That those health benefits, you know, a lot of science has recognized a lot of the health problems we have now is because our gut micronisms are not in line with what we need, right? You need fermented products, like they're telling you about apple cider vinegar, they're telling you about eating whole foods as opposed to highly processed foods. Right. Mm-hmm. So to that point, you guys are on the cusp of such an amazing product and the health benefits behind having a glass of non-alcoholic wine. Yeah, I know you guys could go into a little bit more detail of it, but it's it's just phenomenal what non-alcoholic wine can do as a benefit for you health-wise, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Absolutely, man. Absolutely.
2: It's, it's really meant to heal you even physically, and it's also meant to heal society because... Mm. We've, um, especially like, I guess, in America and Europe, there's just a huge narrative on alcohol consumption. And we really do bypass the harms alcohol presents to our bodies, physically and mentally and even spiritually. Mm -hmm. So it's just nice to bring in a different alternative that can either change the way people look uh, in terms of how to socialize and also be drink something that's beneficial for your overall being so you know we have high hopes for for the growth of our company and just the market in itself
0: so it's interesting because i know you have this product and I, it's like let good the dream plan execution so you have the idea you planned it now it's the execution part and to me the dream the plan is just there to help you with the execution and a hard part of any business is the marketing behind it, because I'm sure you're fighting. I hope you'll fight with persons here in non-alcoholic wine. How yeah. does that work? What yeah. how do you do that? Like how, you know is it real? Is it not real? So what you, what can you give us like tips or um, things you've learned with marketing in a digital space? Non-alcoholic wine.
2: Yeah, so there's definitely a huge learning curve in terms of just how to market your business, and now that we have a product that's so new to the market, it's like a double kill of oh my god, how do we get this out and convince people that this is something people need? Right. So it's
1: yeah, yeah. and they're like just to add to what she's saying, right? Like when we first started this business, you know, we thought it was going to be great for our community, which is. Uh, muslim americans which is is really a perfect product for them but there's just such a stigma right that's Mm. associated with the word wine right Right. in our in in the religion and when people see halal wine they some are very first of all everyone gets very curious about it but some people also get triggered by it right Mm. because of of the word wine and halal um you know being right next to one another Yeah. And, just to
2: bring context like in yeah. um for muslims halal means permissible
1: and right. then wine
2: it's you know everyone just defines wine as alcohol that's what they correlate it with so it's pretty much being translated to permissible alcohol and for muslims alcohol mm-hmm. is not permissible so there's
1: right this
2: connecting the name
1: yeah so, yeah so to to kind of talk to these people and market towards these people and brand an entire business around, you know, these people, which is, uh, our, our community, right. we have to be very careful. That's mm. number one. And then number two, we have to be very sensitive also to how we're portraying this message and, and kind of educating, right. And teaching people what this is, what is wine? How is this different from regular alcohol? how is this halal or permissible, right? And we got to do it in a way where it's respectful too, right? And so it's like such a new product to people that don't know if they want it or not or realize it or not. And you got to break through the stigma and you're know you still running a business while you're trying to market, right? And marketing is just one aspect of it. And we find it very exhilarating to market and you get a lot of good response and you do go viral a lot. But at the same time, it's not always like good virality. You know what I mean? Mm. Like attention is everything, but it's not always a good viral or a bad viral, right? It's like a balance of the two. And, you know, you spark up debates in the comment section of like some TikTok videos and you get these two perspectives talking to one another, which is really great to see. But we are also like in the middle of this, right? A lot of people love us and a lot of people are kind of angry with us. And so finding the balance and marketing in a way where, it all makes sense for people that don't really come from marketing backgrounds um, can be difficult, but right. also it allows us to push ourselves to like learn about marketing yeah. and, and being careful on what we say and what we don't say and just being overall respectful with a business. Because, you know, we understand people's beliefs. We come from it, right? And, right. and so a lot of it has to come around um, educating Right. Um, I
2: think it also comes down to at least this is what I feel we've learned in the last two years. When we first started, we had a very um, uh, we had this mindset of acting like a company. Right. So, right. yes, focused on education, having this almost corporate vibe to us. Right. Mm. And in this generation, and this like time of age, that doesn't really work. If you look at some of like the most influ- like influential influential influencers out there, right. they are people of their own personality. And even though companies are different from individuals, people are still following a message and a personality at the end of the day, even through a company. Right. So even like jewelry or food, right? Like if you're following a healthy food product, you're following this uh lifestyle essentially you're you're connecting with this lifestyle so with halal weisler what we try to do is not only educate but also give our own personal perspectives as mm. to why we're doing this so for us is hey we're Muslim Americans we grew up in the west so we've had the influence of alcohol we've had it we've tried it we've you know we've been swayed by it but we don't love it and we feel like it was more for social pressures that we started drinking right. and believe it or not there's not only just Muslim Americans they are regular Americans out there who have
3: yeah,
2: like the same exact message and they're like, You're right. I don't even like this thing, but I still drink because everyone around me is drinking. So Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. Like it's the it's the narrative, right? That's mm-hmm. been around alcohol. You know what I'm saying? Like like people are are buying alcohol because as a society it's just the normal thing to do. Right. You know? And it, we're trying to like question that because we got to question the reality that we're in sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes I realize like people just get set in their ways and their habits and they don't realize how they end up in a certain place. Mm -hmm. Then you look around and everyone in their thirties and forties and twenties are all they doing is, well, in their twenties, they're just, it's just about happy hour after work all the time in many corporate right environments.
2: That's how you're supposed to, you're taught to connect with your team members like that not actual activities it's hey let's go drink and that's just that's just the norm so when we're bringing up these conversations when we're when we're kind of staring the pot if we may Mm -hmm. you know it it helps us in our market because people start realizing things that they may have not thought of before and you know they'll also listen to the other perspective and things it may change their minds essentially
0: yeah so you know, that's yeah, the- no. What you guys are doing is what you, I would coin thought leadership. Um, that's the that's a term that people use for you know you're breaking the mold, right? You're 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 going out and you're saying, like uh, as a critical thinker, a philosopher would like, here's some activities and habits that we do. Here's a way to do that activity without the same amount of harm to your body, right? Yeah. And um it it's 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 when you start um going after people's typical habitual things that they do, there's always a knee jerk reaction. And some people are more open to change than others. And um I love that you guys are taking on this um this task because that like I said, I've had I've had personally had your wines and I've had regular wine and I've had your wine and it's really good. And you have so much catalog of wines. It's not like it's just one, it's just one bottle that is non-alcoholic. You can have every champagne, any anything you can think of alcoholic, there's a non-alcoholic version of it. Right. Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. And
0: and speaking to just like religion, even in the Christian culture, there um, there are denominations of Christianity that do not consume any sort of alcohol, right? And, you know, yeah, they have parties, they have events, you know, having a glass of non-alcoholic wine would go great pairing with something that you're eating, you know, something that you're celebrating. Why, Why shouldn't you be able to pop champagne and not have to worry about it being alcoholic right so yeah, right exactly you know it's it's it, it, it's the activity the activity doesn't have to go away it's just okay. you know doing the activity with something that is just not hurting you in the process right
1: right
0: not Absolutely. impairing your judgment not impairing you as a person so
1: exactly yeah especially when there are choices now right and and that's the thing you got to question the reality right of Mm -hmm. of where you are and why you're doing what you do like are you doing it because you want to do it or are you doing it because everybody around you is Mm. doing it you know and and wherever you look if you look at alcohol right like it's glorified you know it's part of socializing it's part of celebrating right it's right it you know like even in the media right like is glamorized, right? Drinking, right. partying. It shows like you you, you made it almost, right? It, in some cultures, right? Mm-hmm. You're partying out here, it's a symbol of like success, happiness, right. Right? freedom. I'm doing what I can, right? And then people get addicted to that temporary feeling of mm-hmm. happiness, you know? There and- is
2: a there is another part of that. A lot of people who drink alcohol and I'm sure if you've drank before you felt this, you get this boost of self-confidence. And, right. you know, people that who literally drink just so they can socialize in public okay. because they feel like that's the best version of themselves. They feel like they can't naturally get to that state. And that's that's very dangerous. That's what start leading to alcohol addiction. So not only do you use alcohol to be like, hey, this like, you know, I have bottles on bottles in the club or whatever it is. <laughs> I'm partying. And
3: right.
2: it's, you know, people are also utilizing as. You know, without it, I can't functionally speak. And mm. that, that, that messes up your core, you yeah, know, that, core, that right. messes up your mindset. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we're not,
1: our goal here is not to eliminate alcohol, right? From right. people, right? The people that want to do it, let them do it. But the people that don't want to do it, our goal here is to empower those people that right. don't want to drink alcohol and stay away from it right yeah you're not
0: just standing there with your cup empty while yeah. Yeah. Else. yeah you have something that you could drink and you could be a part of the you know, the community no one's like going out to the why is your cup empty or you know making little passive aggressive comments you have Absolutely. something in your cup and you you know you're drinking it and you're comfortable with yourself and it's not you know
1: you know it's not hurting you in the way that you're not comfortable with absolutely it's a choice right you could do whatever you want bro you know what i mean like whoever you are whatever your beliefs are you do what you want without feeling say excluded in a corporate environment or you go to happy hour or you're hanging out with friends it's a choice and all choices should be respected right right? even in
2: fine dining i was um our anniversary is coming up so i was trying to look for one of those like uh restaurants that does the the 10 course meals or whatever right and all of it has wine pairing and i'm like so what do you do if you don't drink alcohol like well, I'm not, like, <laughs> do i get some money back or do i have an alternative like what's what's the, what's the what's alternative
0: yeah. yeah and you know it's, it's gonna be an uphill fight for you guys because that's the same thing that happened with um with um not having vegan options for a while. Right. People just yeah. didn't yeah. even think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Until no. enough persons was voicing their displeasure with not having vegan options. And now yeah, anyone yeah. who's doing an event, a corporate event, is always gonna think, you know, the thought of, okay, vegan options. And now you're yeah. you're what you're working on is also embedding that thought of, okay, non alcoholic options also, right? But I can also see that, you know, you know, thinking about just the operation end of your business, right? Now you talk about marketing and the difficulties with thought leadership. The operation end, you know, you are shipping, I'm sure, liquid, heavy um, products. How do you go about running a tight operation when you're running a, a, a business that deals with, liquids like you guys do
1: yeah those are that's a good question right in the beginning um you know we're we were we're new to this space right we didn't have really um any experience well, in distribution didn't... or shipping you know heavy glass bottles or anything so everything was a learning experience so right. we've we've learned um, I would say quite a bit in the past uh, two years or so that we've been um, doing this, right? And we've learned we learned a few things, right? First thing is really building up those relationships, right uh, with every aspect of your supply chain, right? Mm. So so what does that mean, right? We have over forty or fifty different products that we carry, wow. and all of these products are imported. From different parts of the world right Spain right. Italy France right are like some of the major areas and so building up those relationships and being quite honest and upfront with those producers right was like lesson number one you don't need to pretend to be something else that you're not just being upfront with them and nurturing those relationships is number one right right because there is a lot of movement of product Meaning it all of those products from all those different countries need to eventually end up in a port somewhere in Europe, consolidated, right. and then come to the United States to a port. And then you need to find someone else to handle all the freight operations, right, at the yeah. port and get them to a warehouse and then to another warehouse before it eventually ends up in your warehouse, right? Mm. So all aspects of that supply chain, you need to have someone that you can trust, someone that is reliable, And someone that, you know, if something does go wrong or you need some information, you got someone that you can call and that will pick up the call and answer your question, right? So over the past two years, we've built up these relationships with certain suppliers and logistical companies to make sure that everything runs smoothly, right? Right. Um, and, And that's also very important because a lot of the products are Uh, imported, we need to make sure that we're optimizing our inventory to minimize some of the lead times and knowing what's popular, what's not popular. And, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of these products require months of lead time. So we need to also predict where we think the marketplace is going to be, where it's not going to be, right? And so there's a lot. And then you need to work with also the producers and what they're predicting, where their demand is going to be and where it's not going to be. And so you know, there's a lot of conversation that needs to happen in that space.
2: There's a lot of forecasting essentially. And Mm -hmm. even in terms of the products we hold it's, um, if it's during the holiday seasons, which type of wine or beverage is going to be more popular. So just being able to do market research and just understanding the psychology of consumers of how they buy. Right. makes us decide and choose how to operate throughout, like throughout portions of the year, throughout quarters of the year, uh,
1: yeah, essentially, you know, we've been in this business for, say, two years, but other people that's been in this business, like the producers have been in it for years. So you got to use their expertise and their knowledge and their forecasting. And you got to speak to five, six, six, seven different people and broker all that information and then make your own decision. Right. Mm-hmm. And and doesn't mean you're always going to be right either. Right. Because doesn't mean they're always right or anything. It's just mm-hmm. to predict. Yeah. So. That's probably the first step, I would say, is really important in making sure that you know you build these relationships with your supply chain, right? The second thing uh, where we see it's important for your operations is you gotta embrace technology, right? Mm-hmm. Technology is important, It's there for a reason. It'll only help you, right? It'll make things a lot more efficient, a lot a lot more impactful. And there's always new tools constantly coming out, right? That's going to yeah. help you. That's catered towards like small businesses and you got to find the right tools for your, your, your industry, right? Because if you don't, that is an edge your competitor will get, right? If you're not right. using the right technology, things will take longer for you to do because you're not using the right technology, right? And so, you know, the, That's where it's really important to make sure you're investing in the right systems to make sure you can track all your inventory, your purchasing decisions, right? Right. Uh, Your your forecasting, everything needs to go into one place where all your data is so you can make decisions off of that data, right? And so that's where like, you know, uh, for us right now to reach our retail end customer, we use Shopify, Right. Okay. And Shopify is an e-commerce platform. Shout out to Shopify out there, right? You can watch right. this video. Too. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but Shopify is a great place because you can design your website. You can track your inventory. They do give you data, right? right. You can do purchase orders from there, and um, they do give they do rank your inventory based off of what's selling, what's not selling, how many days is sitting on the shelf. Information like that, and it gives you access, right? To what's reach. Your,
2: what's your return customer rate? How yeah. well you're doing compared to the market? So it gives you all the data you need without you needing yeah. to calculate it yourself, essentially. So it helps you be able to focus in on where you need to improve, what needs to push out more versus what shouldn't be pushed out. So if we see a product isn't moving and it's been like a year and we're trying, you know, more than likely we're just going to decide to save our money and not invest towards that product and put that money towards elsewhere. So right. the data is probably the most vital part of any yeah. business or organization.
1: Yeah. And, and here's the other thing to data, right? You mm-hmm. at some point will need to get someone that's an expert at data analytics. Mm-hmm. Right. The reason why a lot of these guys are paid big bucks in a right. lot of companies to just sort through data and make sense of the data because there's a lot of data out there. Right. But if you're not organizing the datas and making sense of it, you're not going to be able to make the right decisions, right? Or you're going right. to make the wrong decision because you're just overwhelmed with all the data that's there. So, you know, data is important, but as you scale, as you get bigger, you eventually want somebody whose job it is to just... Manage you know, that. Right, right. And no, this I goes for all industries.
0: I love that you guys said that because... um There's this one concept in logistic management called the bullwhip, right? (laughs) And basically, all the incremental inefficiencies in inaccurate reporting that goes to the manufacturer or the supplier ends up being large orders to the end user who has to store it, right? So um, just being accurate and using technology to make yourself accurate makes the supply chain a lot more efficient, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, to your point, data analytics, the one of the two episodes back, one of the persons that I went to high school with Sanjay James, he does business intelligence for a company. He did material wow, wow. science.
3: Wow.
0: And that's literally what he says. You know, he he provides to the CEOs and the persons who are making key decisions, accurate data, so they can make accurate decisions, right? Mm-hmm. Um and it's just it's just to see how you guys are tying it back to what's necessary to run a, a tight ship like a, a well efficient supply chain. It's tough because it's a relationship side of it, yeah. and then there's also you could have a good relationship with somebody, but if they're giving you bad data, it's not you know it's not going to help you you know. So yeah, yeah. being accurate and technology takes away the 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 human some of the human error that could be in the supply chain right
1: absolutely. absolutely
0: and it makes it a lot more you know accurate you don't have a you know you're not taking on more storage of and knowing the seasonality of your customers too that's yep. that you know having stock when people not buying you know it's just inventory that's just on the shelves you still have to maintain the shelves you still have to wipe the bottles down you want to keep them Presented, but by the time they go to customers, it's not dust on it. You know, this is—it's uh, a tight ship that's necessary to run the business you guys run. And I want to ask you guys as a team, right? You know, Mohit, evo what are your signature strengths, and how do you guys balance each other out in um, producing this amazing product?
2: Yeah, so we there is a lot of hats that we have to wear in this journey. And anyone that has a startup or a small business will say exactly the same thing. Um, All these, uh, whether it's marketing, logistics, financial, you're the CMO, CFO, CEO, everything there is you're, you're all of those hats essentially.
3: But
2: It comes down to, I feel one key skill. And I think luckily Mo and I have a,
1: and so will ramon he'll oh understand he, this he when has you, that when you, when you, you and your wife answer. yeah
2: and, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's pretty much project management that is all you're doing like your business is just a set of a lot of many different individual projects that you're managing right. all at once so you know mo and i luckily we have uh a natural sense of being able to communicate with others and having attention to detail yep. and not being overwhelmed so easily. So luckily for that, we have a threshold to be able to wear so many hats. Right. Um, but I predominantly focus in more on brand building and marketing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mo is... Uh, I would
1: say mostly like operations yeah. and some of the set, the selling side of the business, right? right? Branding and marketing is like our retail reach mm-hmm. and what the brand looks like to the retail end user, right? Mm-hmm. And what the story is. And, and
2: it's also essentially bringing the product to market to create its popularity. So I'm more B2C, which is bu- uh, business to consumer, and right. he's focused in on business to business. So not only do we focus in on selling to The end buyers like you and I, we are also selling to restaurants to also create demand over there where people Mm. don't need to just enjoy it at home. They can have it in their fine dining establishment, their hotel, their rooftops, wherever they are, their spas.
1: Yeah. And it's like two different end clients, right? Like when you're selling to a consumer, you know, there is a lot more, I think, that goes into it in terms of what your company means to them even right as a brand as a personality what is your mission what is your goals right what is your what is your drive what problem are you solving how are you solving their problems right there's so much there right and even more Eva can probably speak to this right that you need to cater to and explain and the customer service right there's so much more that's there going b2c b2b mm. it is also a lot However, you're dealing with other business people. Right. And so to them it's very much about numbers and if it makes sense to them from a business standpoint, you know? Right. They do care okay for your brand and this and that, what the brand story is, what the, they do care, but it's you know, they care more about the numbers, right? And if right. they're going to be able to yeah. sell it. Right. And what kind of resources can we provide to them, right? So it's a little bit of a different transaction, a little bit more I would say Uh, logical, dare I say it, right, for B2B, whereas a B2C, it has to be more emotions and more logic too, but more emotions, you know? It's all psychological
2: for B2C because even with a product, you have to understand who you're selling to, like what's the age group, Mm. what are they into, what are their likes and interests, and, you know, what's their attention threshold, right?
3: Right. So
2: (laughs) that trying to calculate that like hey should i have a 30 second video versus a minute like who am i targeting who is my audience how can yeah. i get to reach more people more non followers to grow the platform
3: mm-hmm. all
2: of this is a a formula that just seems to be ever changing like there is just no right answer so there's a lot of psychology that goes into it and a lot of research and what we try to do is we try to take what we're learning, what we're getting, the responses we're getting. And Mo takes that response and goes to the restaurants like, hey, there's a demand here. There's a spike of X percentage Mm. of people buying non-alcoholic beers or wines or spirits. So this is why you need this because this is how much profit you'll get. So having both the B2C and B2B, we get to kind of juggle both hats and use it as leverage on both. And so even in our B2C, We'll be like, hey, um, are you out to a restaurant eating? This is one of the restaurants we distribute to, so you get to enjoy your meal and/or wine.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yes, please. I like that. Yeah, yeah. You guys are doing both product and project management because the, the the product is the the branding, looking at what people like, their interests, you know, and building out streamlines, and then of course on the invent inventory management and dealing with the b2b clients is more project management it's task very task driven versus marketing and branding Yeah, and in engineering school they you know they tell you engineers build products they build you know solutions to problems what they don't tell you is you have a larger hill to climb after you've gotten the product to get people to want to use the product and be aware of the product and you get, as a small business, you recognize the mammoth of a problem marketing and branding can be to get, you, know, you could have the best product, but if people don't know about it, if people yeah. are not interested in it, it's not going anywhere. It's not coming off the
1: shelf, right? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, tr- trying to touch a b to, like a b 2 C product um, directly to consumer right so, you know it's like you're you're speaking to the masses so to speak right, right. Uh, and you gotta position yourself in a way where hopefully majority of the masses understand what it is that you're selling, why you're selling it, how it benefits them right right like off of one maybe ad or 10 ads that you're running you got to get like a personality out there. Whereas Mm -hmm. B2B, you're selling directly to like individual businesses, you know what I'm saying? So you're not marketing to all these businesses that you're assuming is the same or whatever, right? You're you're building more personal connections, going B2B, talking to business owners, restaurants, hotels, right? It's not like, whereas B2C is like to the masses. So like, you know, just to tie that back in with some of the operation side, right? Mm -hmm. Which I wanted to say was you know customer service is like really important right when you're running our operations as a business right. because that is like the 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 aspect of your business that is literally listening to what your customer is saying and what mm-hmm. problems that they're having right right and if you have good customer service right you can stand out from the competition because nowadays everything is just so corporate right like you try to speak to anything or anyone there's like, you know, you're speaking to people. Yeah. Yeah. You're speaking to, it's only a matter of time, right. To an AI or something is outsourced or someone can't give you an answer or help you outside right. of the basic stuff. Right. And so from an operational standpoint, for people mm-hmm. that are listening, right. Like customer service is very important. You got all your back end stuff, right. Which is your supply. You got all your warehouse stuff, which is, you know, managing all that supply. Right. right the out and then like getting your products out there right the end part of that is customer service and customer feedback right 100%. so you know you have to tra- like in our case right you have to train your staff right train your staff mm. to be knowledgeable about what you offer right? right you have to have like for example for us we train our staff on all the different wines that we're giving they have to understand the customer that they're speaking to, what their palette might be, right? You have to mm-hmm. engage with our customers, which is like something you have to do on the B2C side through all the social media channels and, you know, engage them, keep them engaged in your brand. You right. know, you have to offer them custom personal recommendations, right? So one of the things we did on our website if anyone gets a chance to check it out, halalwinesolar.com, right? (laughs) Um, We developed a quiz, right? Where Mm -hmm. you can go on our site, you take a quiz, you enter, it takes maybe 45 seconds to fill out the quiz. It asks a little bit about you, your taste preference, what you're looking for. And then there is some AI technology there and it will shoot out recommended wines that based on the answers you've given that we believe will help you right we'll, nice. that will that will you know kind of fall with your palate. and then depending on all the people that are taking the quizzes and who's buying and who's not and what right. feedback they're giving the ai is taking all that information and giving you better and better results so the more people mm-hmm. use it that'd be one way right cuz we're very customer service focused right so that's right. one way. and then you know um even like just how people get in touch with one another. You got to create multiple channels of how your customers can speak to you, right? Mm -hmm. Some people will communicate to you through social media, right? Some people will want to email you. Some people will want to text you. Some people will want to call you, right?
3: Right. Um,
1: You know, some people will want to do like a website chat, right? Right. Um, So we we have that. And so you just got to have multiple ways for people to get in touch with you and make it super convenient for them, for your customers to voice their questions and for you to help them and just be there at all times, you know, to, to guide them, you know, because that will essentially help your business, you know, to continuously grow and improve. Right. And it'll allow you to improve your operations from that side. And, you know, there's one other thing that I want to mention in terms of, operations right for a business right especially small businesses improving a business is like an ongoing process right it's not something that you can just develop right out the gate because you don't know as a small business what problems you will have what bottlenecks you will have right and experience what issues your customers will have every business is different you know and You know, I'm not a Fortune 500 company guy. Uh, Neither is Eva, right? Um, um, We're not a Fortune 500 company. You know, we're a small business. And many Mm -hmm. people are small businesses. So they don't necessarily have all the tools and they know everything that they need to solve. And, you know, like a Fortune 500 company took years, if not decades, to get to that point. They all started out as a small business, right? So. So you have to continuously learn and develop as you continuously grow, right, on your right. operation side. And you have to actively seek feedback, right, from your customers right. and your employees, right? Uh, and that's how you begin to identify where you need to fix any problems or predict certain problems before it happens. And then you fix that, right? right. and That's how you keep going. And then you go into that cycle. You know what I'm saying on that operate on that operation side.
0: I like that you said that because I was the 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 guest before you. Um, he started a a steel company. He's an iron worker. He started his own steel company. Nice. Wow, that's he, that's um, impressive. Yeah. And he was just talking about being in New York and working through as an NWBE in New York and being responsive, right, to bids. And he's like, you know, part of the the struggle is you're competing sometimes. If you didn't put if you didn't have the MWBE pool that um protects you and gives you a chance to grow, you're gonna compete against someone as a, I said, a GC like Tishman that has a team yeah. of project managers, a team of estimators, branding.
3: Yeah. They
0: have so much back end data and their operations had an opportunity to grow for a hundred years. Right. No. Right. And you're right. starting, you're not even five years in, you don't even know what you don't know. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. right.
1: And so, that's um, the hardest part I find yeah. about business or anything in general. You just don't know what you don't know right. until you need to know, you know, <laughs> right. and, and yeah. you got to go out there and seek it. And I feel like, honestly, a lot of it coincides with life too. You mm-hmm. know, you think you think of life as one thing in your twenties and right. then out of nowhere it comes and whacks you in your thirties. And then out of nowhere, you know, you think you know how to, you're going to do X, Y, Z as a parent, but you don't actually know until you become a parent, you know, what you need to do and what it entails. Right. Yep. And, and, and honestly, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And so until you have your back against the wall and there's no backing out or running away. Right. Right. It creates a certain type of commitment and grit and persistence to get Mm -hmm. through certain things in life. You know, you know what I mean. Yeah, and 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 that's where you gotta. I think p- as people, we gotta learn to build confidence in ourselves, right? right. Have the right um, things to focus on, mm-hmm. build the right disciplines. Uh, you have to build in learning into your your daily life. Every day, you gotta at least learn one thing or read something new or right. watch a productive YouTube video or something, right? Because that's what growth is. That's what growth is. Because without that, you're going to get stuck where you are and you're going to find comfort. The brain just wants comfort. And you're going to find comfort in your everyday life, even if things might seem like they're going well. But then all of a sudden, and Ramon, you and I talk about this all the time, all of a sudden, five years of that, something has compounded and became a big problem in your life. And the thing is, it could also be the opposite too, right? right. So if you continue to work hard and push yourself and not be comfortable and learn, five years of that will have compounded into an explosion of a new individual in a good way. You know what right. I mean? Like you will you will have a compounding effect, the good or the bad. You get to decide. And the thing is, right. in the moment you might not realize what hmm. that is, but it will come. Be like whether you want it or not, it is going to come. You know, the good or the bad of your actions.
0: That's a That's a a key right there. And one of the things that I use to just kind of get my mind around that concept is, if you, I saw this quote or this picture and it just made sense. This is exactly what people or you need or anyone needs to do to build momentum. I call it build momentum. As a superintendent on a job site, Mm -hmm. you'll see a slow moment and it's just, it's the simple things that, spark the flame to get stuff going right so for instance if i'm on the job side i can see the guys kind of moseying around and there's a lot of unfinished items put a list together put a date on the list and that will just just that start and you, you start crossing off one or two items off that list and people see that the list is going small and small everyone gets motivated and it yeah. starts from just putting items on a list, right? Versus yeah. just having it just in space, just floating around, right? And yeah, that, that one of the so things hard. one of the things that I really look at is like if you raise one raised to the, the power of three hundred and sixty five being three hundred and sixty five being days, right? It mm-hmm. just equals one. If you raise one point zero one to the power of three hundred and sixty five, right? Mm-hmm. It becomes thirty seven point eight. Meaning, if
3: you grow
0: one percent each day, you don't have to be amazing every day, but just try and grow one percent consistently each day for three hundred and sixty-five days.
1: You're way better off than not doing anything, right? So amazing, amazing. And you know, as you are saying that, you are one of the first persons that brought this compounding, like idea, Mm -hmm. um, to the forefront of my. Uh, um, consciousness, right? right. And you made, made me think about it when we spoke and I was like, this is very, very, very true, right? right? And, and you know, as you brought up that example of the list, right? See, because you're in this uncomfortable situation, you're looking to grow and push and, you right. know, just sit there and put the list together. You created that compounding effect that maybe somebody else have not seen. Right. Who like- it go into this thing that, where if you weren't paying attention, things wouldn't have gotten done or it would take much longer, but you'd like focused everyone's attention and reality into that, right? right. Which allowed yes. it to like just ripple through and it just, you know, incepted these seeds in everyone that's working on this and it built momentum, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, as you're saying uh, this, and we had this conversation about compounding, you know, um, the book that really had a good impact and that talks about all this and you, and you know, this very well, it's called atomic mm-hmm. habits, right? Right. And by, uh, by James clear, right. I think was his name.
3: Mm-hmm. That's
1: a great book that talks about this concept. So when you and I had this conversation and I went and looked into that book, right? I, I felt like it was one of those books that left such a big impression on who I am as an individual. Right. And, and it helped me personally. It helped me in our business Right. And it's going to continue to help me as a person, right? right? To to just develop into this person that I'm trying to become. But also, what it did was it allowed me to also see even in other people and what other people are doing, right? right. And what they're doing right or wrong, and then allow me to guide them. You know, you know what I mean? Because yeah. because they might not see it or understand it. And you know, I'm talking about I'm I'm the oldest one out of my family, so I'm talking about typically the people around me sometimes are younger than me and I just want the best for them and pass down whatever wisdom I have. And so when I, you know, it's like talking to your younger siblings or cousins or family members, you can notice things that they might not notice that's compounding in their lives and that could lead to a good or bad route, you know? And then what that made me realize uh, when that was happening, is like, you know, it's like, you as an adult talking to a five-year-old, right? A five-year-old might not understand why you're telling them, don't do this, right? Right. Or do this, right? They might get upset at you and be like, Oh, no, I want to, you know, whatever, right? They might throw a tantrum, but you're also, you're advising them in a way that if they don't do this or do this, they're going to grow up to be a great person. Right? Right. Whereas sometimes as an adult, you think, you know, what you're doing is, is better. Right. But, You know, you might not, what I'm trying to say is when you tell a five-year-old in the moment, they might not realize what they're doing is wrong, but maybe 5, 10, 20 years down the line, they might realize and they might understand, wow, okay, thank God this person helped me with this or guided me this way. Same way as adults, it happens to you as an adult too, right? That's why they say go find a mentor or someone that's wiser, right? Because you might not realize what you're doing wrong, but someone else could see it. 100%. And they might advise you in a certain way that can save you years or decades of a prob- a bad habit being formed or a bad exactly. thought pattern being formed and push you in the right way. You know? Yeah,
0: it's like, like a coach for a boxer. Like you see a coach for a boxer and you, they're throwing combinations and he's seeing that his hand is dragging. He's, he, he's, he's throwing the jab but not bringing his hand back to his chin. And he's correcting it at that moment because you build that habit of not bringing your hand back to your chin someone who is your competitor, you know, sees that they can throw a right hand over your job and knock you straight out, right? You don't have a chance. And so that's what the coach is there, a senior person who's seen that problem and say, hey, I know you don't know, but I'm seeing it. You should fix this. This needs to get fixed and break that habit of, you know, having a lagging hand. Or if you're going to lag the hand, are you baiting the person in? And if you are, know that that's that's what you, you're doing but don't do it unconsciously not knowing the dangers of it you know so absolutely that's a great analogy great yes. analogy. yeah no but i want to talk to you guys i mean because it's like you guys are dealing with this amazing product but yet you find time to to run and organize a non-profit organization how
3: <laughs> it's
0: to see cv tell us about cv and how it came about and you know, this it's just an amazing mission. But how do you guys decide to start CV and have the time to
1: also run that while running this company? Honestly, that's all Eva. She is one of the most charitable people that I know. And this is right. before any business or anything. Just when I first met her, you know, I met her right. 10 years ago. Um, and we've been married for about five years now. Right. And she... <laughs> Every single year, she just always managed to, you know, always keep this charity, charitable mindset at all times, at all aspects of her life. You know, charity is a big part of our religion and Mm -hmm. no matter what, and every year we're supposed to donate a certain amount. And Mm -hmm. she's always on top of all this because to her... (laughs) none of it matters you know other than trying to help people and being a kind soul you know so right this is you know this is all her sometimes i'm like yo we got no money to give and like, nah, <laughs> i don't care i'm going to take a loan out and give it right like right so, so yeah i was uh, and she's like committed and persistently on it you
0: know i know i'm part of the organization <laughs> and I, I mean just um being what you uh, Before we get into one of the things that is the most important as a project manager, as a CEO, um, I had Khalid on and he brought my thought pattern to this is being the ordering force. And that's the name of his company, by the way, being the ordering force. And the ordering force is organizing stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Deliberating stuff. The list is a way of organizing things, right? A budget is a way of organizing your finance. A book is an ordering way of communicating your thoughts, right, yeah, speech. Yeah. Okay. So at the end of anything is life always tends to disorder. Um, the second law of entropy is that, you know, you, you that's what the universe wants, but there's always a force that orders things, right? And Mohi Mo- Eva is the ordering force of CV. She comes in, she makes sure everyone's this is the schedule, this is how in. <laughs> if you didn't give the donations, make sure the person, we have, have to the end of the week, we got to get going. And I love it. I see it and smile every time we see it.
1: Bro, right? oh, she's the ordered force of my life, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I thought I'm an organized guy, right? Right, right. When yeah. I see her and how she's on top of everything, I just look at her and I'm like, yo, how are you doing this? <laughs> how is this possible? So I, I'm sure she'll speak to this, but right. it really does blow my mind. And honestly, I personally feel very inspired from it.
0: I yeah. too, you know. Yeah,
1: like it, it is a lot of work. It, it is. is.
0: A lot of work. I. That's why I say, every time I say that, I'm like, thank you, Eve. I mean, I know it's... That's what we do in our job at work, right? Like, I'm not the guy on the ladder putting up the unit strut. But, you know, literally our job is to organize, right, and make sure things are done according to the specs and plans. I know it's a lot of work. As much as, you know, it seemed like that text took a while to write, you know, to proofread, make sure you get into the points you want to get to and then still be able to do that. Do your own nine to five job and run a comp. It's not easy. I know it's not. So,
2: yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys. You guys are making me blush like, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I think in terms of just, uh, like, as you said, the force of uh, organizing and the force of order, it can come down to, um, like, so I've suffered from anxiety before. And, mm-hmm. Anxiety defines as the, the fear of the future, right? right? And a lot of people, what they do with their anxiety, and it's, it's just a natural emotion that cripples you. It's, you're just stuck in a lot of fear right. um, and sadness. But I've tried to utilize it as a tool. So mm. if I'm scared of the future, what am I calculating? I'm trying mm. to calculate as many inefficiencies as possible. I'm trying to, I'm trying to protect uh, from bad outcomes Right. to avoid situations of, you know, things that I know I can avoid if we just go down a certain path or stay on time or stay on schedule or, you know, right. as much as I can to my power. I know I can't uh, – life has its own force and life will throw its things at you, but you do have more control than you think. Right. So with I try to utilize that in terms of projecting as to, okay, if I want to get X done – How long do I think it will take? And in in order to be able to be on time to finish it on X time, what are the steps I need to take on a micro and macro level to Mm. get there? So that's just just the key part. It takes a lot of mental work. But if you just sit there and apply this to any portion of your life, whether it's your own self-care, whether it's to business, whether it's to anything, it's you can you can attain a lot of things you know you can juggle a lot of things so with right. cv with charitable vault yeah like i'll take say two days of my month every month to dedicate the time towards cv where i'm checking uh who has donated how much they've donated to make sure right. the money is going to the donate donor rather of the month right. and um, you know, just just having that schedule and that discipline of just knowing that this needs to be done at X amount of time so the cycle can keep moving. But, you know, I appreciate you guys for being a part of Charitable Vault. So Charitable Vault was made about four years ago. It was pretty soon after Mo and I were married. Right. And the inspiration behind it really came from like two major things. So the structure of charitable vault is actually inspired by something that my parents do with their friends. So they have a group of say like 10 people and they all individually pull in a hundred dollars a month. and what they do is they don't actually utilize this pool to donate to charity. They utilize it as like a savings account. Oh,
0: that's funny. We have that in our culture too, but go ahead.
2: Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, so, you know, it's it's, it's a pretty cool thing to have being that you're not – consciously putting money away like when we put our own money away we're tempted to spend it knowing that it's like right yeah. there in our bank account yeah. so with this it's um you know you get inspired seeing that every month a thousand dollars coming into someone's bank account and you can utilize it however you can so that structure was inspired
0: oh, man. by that i love it oh, <laughs> good. We, we call it in my culture um partner or susu and you know, it's not that you're making money from it, but it, like you said, the social pressure of saving with your friends or people you care
3: yeah.
0: deeply about will allow you to put the money away versus just trivially spending it on nothing, yeah. right? Yeah. And also, if you want to think of it, I didn't, at the longest time, I'm like, I'm a disciplined I don't, I don't need that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always <laughs> been the one, like, we need to do susus. We need to do susus. Roman, do yeah. a susu, right? Yeah. And then the, the, the triggering thing that made me think like, all right, this could work is if you think of a susu or I uh, I don't know what you call it in your culture. Um, we but, don't
2: actually have a culture word, so I'm very impressed that yeah. in your culture, there's like the whole that's oh, yeah, there's a whole word. Oh yeah, there's a whole word
0: for it. Yeah. Wow. Um, um, In Haiti, where Abby's family is from, they call it susu. In Jamaica, we call it partner, but it's like, it's group economics. And it's if you think of it, it's kind of like a, a zero interest rate loan, right? So if you get your hand early, right in the in the if you have twenty five people in there, each person giving a thousand dollars, the first person in that hand is getting twenty five thousand dollars zero interest rate. Yeah, well, wow.
1: sad. <laughs> you could some good damage with that in a good way.
0: So you no, know, at that point, that could be a down payment on a home that could pay yeah. off. Uh, you're basically transforming your credit card bills and all of that into a zero interest rate loan.
3: Yeah.
0: Right? No, now that you've gotten your hand early, you're paying into that hand, but you're not paying interest on that hand, right? You're just paying, you just transform your credit card bill into a zero interest rate loan. You just turn borrowing money into a zero interest rate. You just needed the influx of cash flow now and you pay it back later. And that person at the end, is basically a savings account for them. They get the the benefit of a social pressure of having to pay into something where, at the end, they have this money saved that they couldn't get to. It's paying it like a bill, and then you could use it for whatever. So depending on how you want to strategize, and then when yeah. that hit me in my head, I was like, oh,
3: <laughs>
0: and that's how yeah. a lot of our younger older generation got the means and methods, even though they didn't make as much money as us to make very big moves in their life because they understood the the importance of community building. It requires a lot of trust though because if one of the persons in that pool runs away, you know, you get hurt. So it's, you know, yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah.
2: You you have to have like-minded individuals and trust is definitely the ultimate uh, thing to make something like this work
3: right
0: that's that's amazing man it's just so you know in this life in society you know with social media and so much division you're over here i'm over here and um we we can't it's nice to see parallels in um in cultures that don't typically people want uh, social media won't allow you to see the parallels right um you know it there's it's just nice to see like that's something that we do there, and you said that I was like, "Oh, that's a susu." That's
2: a yeah, yeah.
3: You know? yeah. So it's just nice. Yeah. yeah,
2: you know, actually, like with like, I didn't really when I first knew that my parents were doing it. It was right. I was in college, and like you know, in college you're essentially a young adult, so you'll see right. things that look pretty reasonable and cool, and you know, like when I saw, it, I was like, "Oh, that's pretty cool," but it was just like in the back right. part of my head and i didn't really think i was going to implement a system so quickly Right. But I think what really started this journey um it really comes from like just like probably in your culture it comes from this thing of surviving and a change of mindset so right. what happened with cv is um four years ago i had a little bit of a health scare and mm-hmm this health scare was so scary that I thought that I was not going to actually be living long. Um, I Mm. thought I had very limited time on earth. And when you get hit with news like that, you, you think you really do remember or put into perspective rather of what you take for granted. And the two things that I saw that I took for granted was time and free will. Right. And, you know, you know how they always say, like, when you're when people are on their deathbed, they're always reflecting on their lives. And so many people are filled with regret. And I had those those exact moments. And my regret was that I was too caught up in my own head and I was not seeing like reality around me. Right. And if you actually do open your eyes and be present, you'll see that the earth is beautiful and so are people people have a lot more good than we actually give credit to we're even on social media and all the bad news that's surrounding us you know we all know that we make mistakes humans make mistakes that's just the nature of humanity but we we take bad things to a whole different level we carry traumas and you know we're out for like revenge you know and just projecting negativity on others if somebody offend us where we have like this uh entitlement to go make them feel bad back or gossip about them or
3: right.
2: you know like if you're a politician you know i don't know you're you just have this competition for the other party to be like no i'm gonna stick it to you i have to be more powerful than you and there's just a lot of negative emotions that get enhanced and then essentially what it does is it affects the decisions of your of your own life and it sets you down to this destructive path so with that negative mindset just naturally being adapted throughout like the difficulties of life we kind of forget the power of free will we forget that we can actually choose to move on and Mm -hmm. help others and do good and the reason why that The world is in turmoil is because we're all selfish we're all worried about ourselves we're worried about what we have and what we don't have and we forget to be grateful and we forget that people out there have far less and if we were to just put aside just a little bit of ourselves to give to them whether it's a caring word a smile some money whatever it is it can drastically improve their lives in ways that you know, we could have never imagined, but what right. matters is it makes the world a better place. You know, it's mm-hmm. it far extents from us. So with CV, it's just $20 a month from each of us. $20 is nothing. It's barely lunch now. You know, it's, it's right. Really- really not much i know time is an issue especially uh when you're a new yorker you know everything time is money so we're always very hesitant on putting aside uh time and you know we'll feel burdened if we do something that we don't want to do so i'm like okay what's the most what's the easiest way we can do something without needing to feel like we're burdening ourselves time-wise or financially and automating twenty dollars a month in a pool and every few months somebody whoever the donor is just has to dedicate maybe a like an hour to just research a charity cause of their choice and as every month as you're reading which donor is donating where you know you're part of it you know like even in your busy lives you're understanding that hey i'm still making an impact and these four years we're a group of 18 people we're all like-minded individuals who you know who may not have the time to do more but we just want to give to the world and Together we've donated already past thirteen thousand dollars.
1: amazing. Yeah.
2: yeah. Off of just putting something in the back burner, yeah. essentially, and, you know. And
1: and they went to causes all over the world, right? Like, right. I mean, I wanna, there's so many of them, but the one that stays with me is like building water wells, yeah. right? right. Um, yeah. Sponsoring kids in their education, sponsoring meals, yeah. orphans, women, like there's just so much environmental things, right? Like every facilities
0: it is for females. You know, it was, yeah, yeah
1: this absolutely. Is it's, it's so great. So as we're con- all growing and developing as people, you're continuously giving back because, you know, that is the dream. And, you know, I just realized we had this whole conversation just now right. and we didn't fully like even talk about, um, our full dream and what it is and what we see from our lives. Right. right? Um, and so one of the big things about it is to um,
2: give, give everything a- away. Yeah, at the end of it is to give everything
1: yeah. away, believe it right. or not, right? Yeah. It's it's because, you know, just to tie back to what our dream is, essentially, you know, Halal Cellar. yeah, you know, it's a business, it's our dream, it's our baby, but it's just one phase of our lives, you know, maybe the next five to 10 years of our life, you know? Right. Um, and, and it's not just about, you know, accumulating wealth, right? It's like, what do you do with the wealth, right? What impact do you have on society, right? Right. It's about leaving all this stuff behind, meaning, meaning, you know, it's about working hard, right? Learning and and, and growing uh, in your first few decades of your life, right? You spend maybe years up to the age of 40 or something like that, right? At least just developing yourself, Right. And growing, right. and growing and building your wealth right mm-hmm. and then I, I, I we do believe that you got to spend the, the last ha- half of your life about giving it all away you know and yeah. so
2: even with our children like when we say we're trying to give it all away the whole reason why we want to be successful and accumulate wealth is because we a we want to make sure our family's comfortable ramon you can relate with you know, immigrants right. who've sacrificed so much to give us opportunities that we most likely wouldn't have if they didn't leave the, their country. You know, we are at a position of leverage and right. we want to be able to give people who don't have these opportunities, these kind of leverages that you, you should not be confined to your opportunities because, you know, you don't have the money, but you have all the skills and the mindset. You know, it's it's unfair that they don't get to live out their dreams or their potential. And even with our children, you know, we'll leave enough just like the way our parents has given us enough to have a step forward into life. But we're not going to leave money to a point where, you know, they feel like they were born into wealth and they're entitled and they just feel like the world revolves around them because that's not the foundation we want our family tree to have, like, mm-hmm. I don't really know my great grandparents. So if my great grandparents left me money, okay, cool. But I don't really know you. I don't really care about you, you know? So mm-hmm. what's the point of like leaving yeah. all this to, cor- to potentially corrupt your family line?
3: Yeah, right. it, was
1: a, it was a concept that I first heard from Alex Hormozy on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Right. And he talked about this, about giving wealth away because, chances are if you leave a lot of money behind you're going to cause a lot of infighting doesn't mean it's going to happen to everybody right, right. Like every family right it depends on how much wisdom and everything that you pass on and how you set everything up yeah but you know we're not here on this planet to accumulate tons of wealth and just leave it for your family right i just feel like with your money you can leave a lot more impact that continuously keeps giving to the world around you, you at present day. Yeah, at that go. present right. day, instead of just hoarding it for your family, your family's going to be fine. They don't need multi-multi million dollars or whatever, right? You don't need right. to leave them with any of that. You the the best you can leave them was as a stepping stone and knowledge and wisdom, right? Right. So they can go out and 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 figure things out for themselves at least ha- with having some stability in their life and
2: that's also how they grow as individuals you can't grow if you're not going through struggles and your own experience if you're just handed even for people that are handed businesses um mm-hmm. when they're responsible for being responsible that's when they change completely right because you are put in uncomfortable positions of you know being making decisions that is worth so much so if you don't grow that that part of your brain like if you're not exercising that part of your brain you can't become an unstoppable force or you can't you can't essentially become smarter than you were
3: yeah
1: it's it's like how you say ramon right it's like you can watch youtube videos of people working out but if you don't work out yourself yeah. You're not gonna get the muscles, right? I remember you saying something like yeah. that.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like cooking. You can watch cooking channel. Yeah, you gotta put you gotta put the the recipe to work. You gotta put the, um, the, the put on the fire. Put it on. Try and cut up the vegetables before the oil gets out the pot. You gotta do the work. You know, that's, that's the only way it's gonna happen. And that's a lot of times, people. Forget, and this is how this happens in family. Eventually, you're going to be the hem of the ship, you're going to be the captain of mm-hmm, the ship.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And on your journey, you should be acquiring the skills that when the the no captain of the family cannot captain anymore, you step up to the rank and captain, right? Yeah. And, yes, sir. And because ultimately, if someone's not captain in the ship, you're going to go hit. It, it, it's never going to be an opportunity where you just gets to the port without some order in force or someone right. paying attention to the details. So,
3: yeah.
0: um, and Absolutely. it's just rec- the moment you recognize that, I think more than less, a lot of times, uh, sadly parents don't communicate that. They just assume you're going to get it. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, uh, sometimes it just helps, you know, to have that kind of understanding, and I think when once someone understands that, because there's some there's some families like the Rockefellers or the Whartons, like why is it that the kids don't infight, and if they do, they uh, they always have like a guiding mantra that keeps them in order of the main goal, right? And I think even in America before where we are, there was always this bipartisanism that would be america first regardless of me not liking exactly what you say as a democrat or a republican america first right let yeah, we right. have to think of regardless of how i felt or how you rubbed me the wrong way if it's a football team the quarterback is throwing the ball to the wide receiver not because i like you but because we're on the team opposing yeah. this next team right and we've gone away from that where we're like, I have to like you to work with you. Eh, not quite. I don't need to yeah. love you. I, yeah. need you. I just need to have some sort of, we to have to have a mutual ground where we respect each other at this moment. And then we can go back to not liking each other. But these are just some core principle things that we must agree on, right? And yeah. I think families usually, um, if you, if there's a captain of the ship and he has four, junior tenants. Eventually, someone's going to captain of the ship. Whoever we choose to captain the ship, everyone else on the team, we're, we're supporting us getting to the destination, right? And it's thought leadership, family, um, the captain of the ship, the 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 person at the top of the hem. Your job is to order the, the organization, but also do so through thought leadership, build context behind why people are doing what they're doing, right?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Um, and it's just one of those things. Like I, I, I think of when you guys are doing what you're doing with Halal Wine Cellar, so that's what you do as a CEO, right? That's what building culture
1: in your in your um, company is, you know. So, yeah.
0: absolutely, absolutely.
1: You know, ultimately, you want to leave like a great legacy behind. You know, you wanna you wanna you want to leave this world right, knowing that that you've made it better than when you first arrived, you know, as yeah. best as you can. and
2: At least your own individual world. You yeah, want to yeah. leave yourself yeah. knowing that you've tried your best for the people around you and for whoever that you were able to reach to. You don't want to pass away knowing that I could have done more, said more, even with right. our families. We forget to tell them how much we love them and sometimes, you know, give them the attention and love. And that's mm-hmm. wealth too, you
0: yeah. know. 100%. You know, 100%.
1: It's, it's not about like the materialistic possessions. Those no, things no. get old and boring real fast. Cause as humans, we're just programmed, right. right. To, for the next best thing, next thing, next thing. So that's why we believe like, you know, when we go, we want to leave our resources behind that can continue to do good work long after we're gone. Right. And it's nice. not just say hoarded to the family, and exactly. just our individuals, you know, because yes. you think about like our parents coming here, you're, you're an immigrant, you were the first one to come here, right? right. From your our parents were the first one, It right. gave us that opportunity 100%. to even be on a podcast like this. Think about right. the generational jump that you've made, right? Mm-hmm. That our parents have made that uh, the opportunities that we've gotten, and we were just born into it. We were lucky enough to be born here. In this yeah, it's country. an accident. Really. Yeah. You could be born anywhere else too. Right? Yeah. Exactly. And what? I'm gonna sit here and hoard all the riches of this world and act like I'm better than everybody else. You mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I'm gonna You
2: don't even have to go that far. A lot yeah. of people are born into it and they don't wanna do anything with the opportunity. They'll right. set themselves back a generation even by being like, Yeah, I'm yeah. born here, I'm American, that's yeah. it. I'm just trying to
3: yeah. live
2: my best life and that there's nothing wrong with it, but right. sometimes dreaming more like the way our parents did will right. just give you a better life for yourself, your parents and the future generations. Yeah.
1: Or at least, you know, if you can't even get to that and need to give away everything, at least you tried, you know, that's the main thing. You try, you know, to do that. And, and, and these type of say dreams and and visions where it's outside of yourself and for others, you know, it's infinite, right? Mm -hmm. Like it goes, it transcends you, you know, it's not about you and your wealth and riches and houses and cars and whatever, Else is out there, it goes past you. You, you. you know what I mean? Like, you're helping other is giving you happiness. And, and that is infinite in its own way. You know, what I'm saying like nothing else can match that. Right. And so, you know, that's kind of like the thing you work hard your first four or five decades, and then you work on figuring out how to give that away whether you're working with other charities or you make your own charities right and Mm -hmm. you set up a system in place where after you go that somehow these charities are sustainable off of what you own and it continues to do good for the world
0: amazing amazing i love it but one no one thing i wanted to touch on is like you know you're doing all these things right You know, starting business, doing the nine-to-five, dealing with problems in families, starting charity. And there are moments where all Murphy's Law happened. Every problem that needs to be a problem groups together, plans (laughs) together, and attack you at the same time. Like, it never happens linearly have a quiet moment. No, you know, they come all at the same time, right? It's
1: that compounding effect happening in the background of what you don't know, Right, (laughs) right.
2: Life plays and, games. It just knows their timing. There's, yeah, there's no... yeah,
1: they're over there conspiring
0: against you and saying, we're going to come after this guy No, All oh, at the same time, SWAT team.
3: <laughs> and,
0: you know, it, it causes, you know, low energy moment, low moments. How do you guys go about recovering from that? What's your process of recovering from low energy moments?
2: So it's it's definitely easier said than done what I'm about to say. But right. um
1: there is a lot of low moments that definitely come with it, right? Like right the early stages. I think
2: it's ninety-five percent <laughs> low and five percent high. So you hold on to those five percent.
1: Yeah. I mean, We're laughing about it, but it's like it's it's a true thing though, right? Because right it's all the things that like come out of your control. And like you said, like it just compounds and you don't know what you don't know, but things are still happening in the background. Right. And it is those questions that um, kind of you question yourself on why you're doing what you're doing. Right. What we talked about in the beginning, right? No, you I'm question
2: like, yourself, period. Yeah. You're just like, <laughs> am I good enough for this? Why am I doing this? Am I crazy? Do I have a death wish? Like, what is this? You know, right. it's, it's a lot of, self-doubt and um just doubt in life in the universe because the fact of the matter is things don't go the way we plan for it and mm-hmm. um especially with when it comes to success uh the way it's portrayed in social media like it's portrayed like success is easy all you need to do is x y and z and
3: right you
2: will have it and that's the furthest thing away from truth and even even for the business aspect, like I know with stocks and Bitcoin, like people became rich overnight. So there's this culture of success that you think that if I'm not getting rich overnight within a year or like such a short period of time that you're doing something wrong, which is the furthest thing away from truth, like right. the Fortune 500 companies and anything that's successful has taken decades, not even five years or just 10 years. Like it takes a long period of time. Right. So you'll have a lot of points of stress. And what we do is we pretty much, we're very reliant on one another. So we're, mm-hmm. we're there for one another. We try and support and encourage one another and really what it is, in order to do that is you have to talk through the emotions and the thought process. So mm. for whatever the situation is because we're emotional creatures, right? And you know, you can sulk and we sulk. We have a lot of moments of sulking just being in bed and we're just like, "Oh my god, I don't want to do this. What do we do? But I don't even care because man, I just I just don't feel motivated." But the problem right. is when you sulk, your problem isn't disappearing. It's mm. it's it's just, you're, ling- you're making it linger for a longer right. period of time. And what we try to do is try and see if we can solve for it. And if we really feel like we can't solve for it, we'll be like, okay, well, let's trust in God. Let's trust in the universe. Let's trust in ourselves.
1: Right. And
2: right. let's just go head first. And whatever comes, comes. And just understand that, remember, we have we're free will creatures if we do not want to go forward with something right. we have the option and choice to say no I don't want to do this and we're young we can take certain risks at the moment we can we can deal with certain problems at the moment we're still like god willing like you know mentally strong physically strong you know our health is good so we'll figure it out you know right. what what's stopping us you know yeah,
1: that that's the hard part is is you know, there's only certain amount of action you can take, as long as you know what those actions are, and -hmm. you're taking those actions, that's all you can do. So sitting there and sulking and feeling unmotivated at times, um, it's only doing you harm could because what happens is you start building thought patterns around that sulking. And especially if you're doing it in your own house, in your bed, your living room or wherever those areas will become places where, where that memory will get triggered because mm-hmm. that's what you're doing in those areas, right? right. So we try to be like self-aware of when we do sulk and feeling low and right. we try to talk about it and just try to be as self-aware as possible. And just talking about it helps you kind of pull out of it and mm-hmm. then realizing, okay, there's only one, two, three, four, these five actions that we can take.
3: Right. Let's start at
1: one. Let's do that. Send this email. Do this or that. Right. And that's all we can do and try not to think about it. Yeah,
0: it's Either. like building momentum. You know, you just like, I, that's what that list is. Um, when I when you're on the job site, and you see, that's what the energy feels like. It feels like sulking. It feels like people are just like mm-hmm. moseying around. And yeah. um, just being able to just not worry about the feeling, but just do the actions like this is the way I see it sometimes. Like when you brush your teeth, you don't feel happy brushing your teeth. You don't feel sad brushing your teeth. You just mm. do the things you need to do to brush your teeth. It's, it's right. a part, it's a, it becomes yeah. part of you. And then the yeah. days when you feel great, you're like, I'm excited. And then the days you're like, oh, yeah. you know, and you just still do what you need to do. Right. Yeah. Um, Marcus Aurelius, you know, in his book, Meditations, he's like, you know, he's there as the emperor. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. right? And he's, sulking in bed literally sulking in bed and he's like what he what he used to motivate himself past being sulking in bed is like well the birds and the bees get up and do what they need to do and make life what it is so my responsibility to humanity is
1: to get up and do what i need to do because the
0: birds are not doing what they need to do if they're sulking
1: around we got a problem right
3: absolutely
1: and, and the other thing is like when you're feeling your lows and right. the low moment and you push through and you fight through, you yeah. actually grow as an individual going right. through those moments because you're flexing that persistent muscle that's inside oh, of you, that will exactly. that will that uh, willpower. willpower muscle, right? That's mm-hmm. inside of every single one of us. And every time you get over your low moments, you have leveled up as an individual. Right. You know, and, and that's the thing that carries you forward because every time you went into one of those low moments. Right. Somebody else that's out there trying to do the same thing or doing something, that's where they have stopped. And and they they, that's where they have stopped in their in their life or wherever for now, Mm -hmm. but you kept going, right? And that's that that persistence that gets you through. And every time it's getting harder and it's getting easier and easier, but harder and harder because of the competitors that might be in that space with you that was also able to push through and deal with those lows. But those right. are the
2: people you want to be yeah. surrounded with or yeah. be competing against. Because if you're not pushing through, you're being you're you're pretty much getting stuck in time to a certain part of your life. And ten years will pass, fifteen years will pass, even if it's just two years that pass. You what you could have been two years from now, you just took away from you, robbed that from yourself. Yeah, you
0: robbed yourself oh. of time. So no. what what happens? No, not. You pass this low moment, it like, life is seasonal, right? I'm sure, you know, you get through your low moments or not, but you do things outside of Halloween instead of working, CV, that you enjoy. What is it that you guys do for fun that you guys enjoy doing?
2: I think when you become an adult... Um- yeah it's a little hard to find some hobbies. I know. Right? <laughs> I don't know if you struggle with this as well, but we're still finding hobbies. But for now, I right. guess, um, we've come to enjoy nature a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, we take, we like taking, we love actually taking walks in the parks. And, you know, Mo and I like to get Deep, and I know you, Ramon, and Mo do the same, bro. <laughs> that, that's one of
1: my enjoyment enjoyments outside of work is talking to you. Uh, <laughs> you're
3: the <best> move, bro. <laughs> uh, but
2: we we get a lot of joy about getting deep into life and talking. So, um, we like taking walks and just kind of unwinding like that. But if we're trying to get away from, say, everyday life, we recently started picking mm-hmm. up camping. so yeah that experience is pretty cool it's it's very peaceful to just get away from technology and um it's also very cool to see how nature is so interconnected um that you just don't notice on an everyday basis
1: especially with city like uh, the city life in new york city is so fast paced and it's the concrete jungle right like It's craziness here. And then when you go into nature, like time feels like it slows down. You it know? does. Yeah. And, yeah. and you look just,
0: at the time, it's one o'clock. Here. You
1: think yeah. it's like six. You're like, what? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to get that deep, you know, that breath of uh, fresh air. Fresh air. Quite literally. And, yeah. Like, and it's funny. I think a
0: lot of the times you need to talk to people who, um, who drink, who are like chronic alcoholics. That's what they're trying to get through alcohol is the slowing down of the mind racing Mm -hmm. from anxiety. That's why, you know, it's, if you talk to anyone who's alcoholic, there's like so much going on. If I get this drink, I can calm down. I can slow down enough. My mind doesn't have to race. And you can get that same calming effect by, like you said, going out in nature, walking, um, and just being out in an area where there isn't um, antagonizing force, our sounds, our bells is just quiet, calm. You can get introspective. And yeah. ultimately, a lot of the times I think if it's not medical related where there's um, an imbalance in your brain chemically, I think just being out in nature is food for the mind. It's yeah. like, it, it calms you down, it's a, you feel replenished, you feel motivated to go on and tackle your day. And so it's good.
1: And also, I just find nature to also be one of those things that um brings out the awareness of God more right mm-hmm. like I love right. um you know we're we're i'm we're really greatest we're,
0: are there in force in the world man. absolutely
1: mm-hmm. Ab- right. without a doubt, right without yeah. God, you don't got anything I feel right because right. that's the ultimate truth, everything else is just there, <laughs> you right. know? But God yeah. is the ultimate truth, it's infinite. Right. You know, it's the source of everything. So when you're out in nature and you look at a, like a bird or a right. bug or a plant or a tree and just the life around you in nature, or like a mountain, right. Or water or, stars right? or the stars. Skies. Yeah. Like it is, it just reminds me of God, you know, right. like, and I'm just in awe of the beauty. Right. And I just appreciate it. And I'm just, it just makes us more grateful and then it, it makes us feel like it you know, normally like in, in business, like everything does feel consuming at times, Right. but when you're out there and you're thinking about God, it, it doesn't feel as consuming. You know, you feel mm-hmm. kind of liberated. You right. know what I mean? You, you feel clarity. You don't get stuck in the, the sauce or the problem that you're in. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you feel more refreshed and you realize like, you know, you're not stuck in that little dense piece of time where everything feels like it's falling apart or whatever. Right. It feels so, like,
0: anxiety makes it feel bigger yeah. than it is, you know? So. Yes. Like,
1: yeah. so, so because of that connection to God through nature, in a sense, yeah. it helps alleviate a lot of that. Yeah. And there's it.
2: signs of, of, of life in terms of like life messages, even throughout nature. Like we always use the word seasons, right? Seasons of our life. And that's taught to us from weather, you know, like we have winter, spring, summer. So, you know, we have our dark days. Yeah, Yeah. we essentially have those seasons in life. And what does nature teach us that despite the dark times, there comes a time where there will be fruit in your life and it will Mm be everlasting. And it's just a cycle. And, you know, like and it just makes nature and life more beautiful. It makes it an experience, you know. I love it.
0: I love it. So just to wrap this up, um, guys, I want these, I want people to know of you guys, not, not just Halal Wine Cellar, but personally. What are your social media handles that you, you're willing to share so people can follow your story and the growth of Halal Wine Cellar
2: also? Yeah, absolutely. So you can follow Halal Wine Cellar's journey at, at Halal Wine Cellar. Right. And if you want to follow us, so Mo actually left social media a Got few you. years back. Um, but my page is essentially us. We identify <laughs> as us. I don't identify as me anymore. Right. So you can also follow us at Z, Jakiaz, J A K I A Z. So you'll see I love it. adventures. Yeah.
1: And I'll throw my social media in there just in case I ever do come back. Right. It's at Chaudhary Mohi that's at C-H-O-W-D-H-U-R-Y-M-O-H-I-T yep. on instagram and uh,
2: maybe in like yeah. a few years we'll see your message i don't know
1: yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll put it into something else
0: <laughs> no i love you guys guys it was a pleasure hosting you on the podcast you guys are an amazing couple you're amazing individuals you guys are doing good work you're doing work that is needed thought leadership through actionable steps, um, you know, breaking down boundaries, um, just making sure people are aware of their unconscious biases to even the word um, wine, right? And yeah. just um, it's just important that our generation be develop a, a consciousness, a philosophy mindset, a philosopher's mindset to critically think mm-hmm. and attack social um, norms that are not. Quite necessary, right? Like right now, you guys are recognizing, you know, wine does not equate to alcohol, right? There is right. wine that are not alcoholic, and bringing that culture and changing culture in that respect. And I I'm just happy that you know the best persons to do the job is yourself, Mohit and Eva. And I think this podcast ultimately would assist people in learning more about. Hello, wine cellar. You guys have a
1: good day. Thank you for coming.
2: Thank, Thank you, you for Ramon. having us, Ramon.
1: Yeah, we really day. appreciate you, and we appreciate the work that you're doing also, and motivating people like us and others out there. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm really, really grateful to have you uh, and and Abigail in our life, um, and like I see us being friends forever. I see our kids being friends and growing up with one another and you know, you're you guys are a blessing from God to us. So we appreciate you so much. Oh,
0: no, same thing here, buddy. Same thing I hear, man. It's been a journey of a long always at poly through Tishman together and uh, it, it's more than that right at this point. You know, it's 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 a, it's a camaraderie and it's and and it's it's even past just or even religious base, right? Like we're Muslim and I'm Christian, but we're people at the end of the day. And we are, we do all come from the, um, the, it's funny because being closer to you guys, being closer to um, Khalid, I recognize so much of our interdisciplinary um, religious um, stories are the same, right? And we're Mm -hmm. from the same God, but it's, life and history and media has made it as such that we can't see that we are of the same tribe you know just different um orientation and um, what we focused on right versus you know so it's just good to have that concept and that 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 philosophy being broken down in our relationship right absolutely absolutely you guys have a good day bud Bye evo bye Mohi. It was good having <laughs> you guys, man. Yeah.
2: Bye, Ramon. Bye, Ramon. Here. It's been an honor, Ramon. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Thank you, Ramon. Appreciate you, man.
0: We have come to the end of the episode. Always remember the road to greatness is long and hard. Always focus on progress over perfection, execute relentlessly, like, share and subscribe and I'll see you soon. Keep safe.